0: You're listening to episode 157 of the God Center Mom podcast with me, Heather Mcfadden, Today, I'm bringing Josh Ahrens on the show because he and I and a big old group of Christian leaders are headed to Israel. And as much as I'd like to bring you all with me, they said I couldn't. So this was the second best thing.
1: One of the ways that I think the enemy uses to attack young Christians is to take an issue like Israel, which which seems like kind of a side issue that's not really that important, what it really ends up doing is is confusing them on on their faith and on God because we see so much of God's nature and the nature of his love through how he loves Israel throughout the Bible and today. So if you can kind of you know throw a curveball on that subject, then you have a lot of young, confused Christians walking around trying to figure out does God does? They're worried about does God love me? What is my identity? You know, am I going to screw up? And is God's love preconditioned on my behavior and and all of that? And I saw a lot of young Christians sort of fall for that and just go through some real crises of, of faith because of this confusion surrounding the Israel issue. They just didn't realize that it was it was something that was so directly related to their perception of how God loved them. Luckily, I I, I made it through that because because my mom taught me. About Israel and taught me that it was important. And, and just going back to the Bible and reading it through that lens and, and, and seeing God's love for Israel and the Jewish people and how that relates to today helped me keep my faith through, through that whole environment.
0: Did you catch it? My guest is a grown man in his 30s, and he just acknowledged his mom's influence on his life. They're listening, guys. I often wonder, are these boys even picking up anything? that I'm saying? Is it going to last when they are young men leading families? And at least in Josh's case, his mom did a good job. And because of his mom's influence, Josh became interested in Israel and landed his dream job with Israel Collective, which is an initiative started by Christians United for Israel with a mission to build vibrant relationships between American Christians and the people of the Holy Land. And they're not picking sides. Josh tells me we will meet with as many Palestinians as we do Israelis. And my goal for this show is to remind you that you matter as moms, that your influence matters, that you're setting the faith foundation for your kids, but also to not just keep your eyes on your kids, but to be informed about what's going on globally and to recognize that God has a heart for the world and to follow where his heart is. Lastly, Josh and I will be talking through our trip and specific places we're going to go. And I want to expand your knowledge about those places. So not only for you to know, but for you to talk to your kids about the Sea of Galilee, about the Mount of Olives, about the Temple Mount and the three religions that claim that area, about the crucifixion site and why I'm not going to go visit it, about the Garden Tomb. All these things, great conversations can happen, particularly leading up to Easter. I found some of the most impactful spiritual conversations I've had with my boys have been around the time of Easter. And let's talk about Easter for a second, because there's a resource I want to share with you. They're not paying me to talk about this. It's Seeds Family Worship, and it's been a huge part of our family for years, ever since my oldest was born, because I did not love some of the children's CDs (laughs) that we were given, but Seeds Family Worship was music I could listen to, and I found myself learning huge chunks of scripture, because the Seeds Family Worship songs are Word for word, God's word. And they have a compilation CD that they've taken songs from other CDs of theirs and put them on one CD, all songs related to Easter, um, Christ's crucifixion, resurrection. They're great. Uh, If you want to check it out, go to godsendermom.com backslash seeds or go to seedsfamilyworship.com. I hope you do because they're Awesome. All right, let's get to my conversation with Josh because I can't wait to get to Israel and I can't wait to tell you about it. Hey, Josh, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast.
1: Hey, Heather. Thanks for having me.
0: You are representing Israel Collective and they are so graciously, uh, they've invited me to join them in Israel and I can't wait to bring all of my listeners along and have them experience Israel with me. But in order for them to do that, I thought it'd be good to get a little backstory on you and Israel Collective and maybe give a little... Few peeks into what we're going to be doing so that when I get there, they'll be like, oh, that's what Josh and Heather were talking about.
1: Love it. Love it.
0: <laughs> okay. So, in order to do that, introduce all the listeners to yourself and your wife, just real quick.
1: Sure. Absolutely. Well, um, I'm 35. I'm married to the most wonderful woman in the world named Jessica, and we live in Franklin, Tennessee. Okay. And we, we both do Israel-related work, um, and we just it's just been such an honor and such a pleasure to be able to do this kind of work because it's something that, as Christians, is just so close to our hearts. And um, my job, I get to reach out to young Christian leaders, just awesome rock stars like you, Heather. Oh, and, right, and- <laughs> right. Yes, yes. Yeah, and and invite you guys to Israel, and we we put together this whole trip that's just really made to show you a firsthand look at at what does Israel look like now. We go to the places— um, that the Bible mentions, and then we go to places that are significant today with current events and so on, and we try to tie it all together and and really just build this living relationship with with the land of Israel, the people of Israel of all different backgrounds and faiths, and so on, and just try to answer the question and explore the question of what what should i as a as a Christian think of israel and and why should I even care about the issue at all? And uh, so we thought the best way to do that would be to just go there with the best of the best all around the country and and see it for ourselves.
0: So exciting. I've I didn't really even know. Like I knew that I loved Israel and that my dad has always been a huge fan. He's been there several times. He has written books about the value of Israel and all of that and that, that's just what I grew up under. But wow. uh, I didn't know that for my 40th birthday I wanted to go to Israel. Until I got got an invitation actually from uh, Lisa Turkhurst and I looked at her trip and I was like, I just can't make that work. It was over spring break. Anyway, it just wasn't going to happen. I thought, but that would be super cool to go to Israel for my 40th birthday. Like all of a sudden, that's all I wanted. Yeah. And then I get the email (laughs) from y'all and I was like that. And then, I mean, you don't even know this, but that was in October and November. My world just kind of imploded. Um, My parents came and moved in with me. My mom got cancer. My dad had cancer and passed away and now my mom lives with us and we're having her go through chemo treatments. And this timing is like only God timing. Like we're kind of past the storm. I've kind of come up for air. Everyone can take care of my kids and my mom while I'm gone. And I get to just like soak in the goodness of the Holy land. So, I mean, it's super exciting for me. I know my backstory and my love for Israel, but I'd love to hear what got you interested in Israel. How did you even know that you wanted to have this kind of a job?
1: (laughs) Well, that whole story actually starts with my mom. Yay. And, uh, right. (laughs) Um, and she just, uh, she, she became a Christian when I was about five years old and I'm the oldest of five kids, but at the time it was just me. And, um, so I, I I saw this firsthand, her, whole, her discovering God, and, and nobody in our family or, or in our friends or anybody was a Christian at all. She was totally on her own. And just seeing her discover that for the first time and just be so brave and, and walking that out and, and sharing her faith with with our family and with our friends, which wasn't always easy for her, um, just was this tremendous example to me and she just jumped right into the bible every concept every issue she started a bible study in our neighborhood and um one thing that she always emphasized along with with all the other important things was was israel and and as a kid i i didn't really understand why Why Israel was that important. Every Everything else I got, What? what is salvation? Why does God love us? What did he do for us? All of that. That that seemed very, very obvious to me why all of that was important. And, but she always would include Israel in um, our discussions in our Bible studies and, and talking about our faith. And she would explain that um, the Bible says to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and uh, it's something that we should be thinking about and, and praying about, and, and something that's still very much a part of of God's uh, God's story today. And if it's important to God, then it's important to us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, so that always kind of stuck with me. And I, I still I don't think it really ever hit home until young adulthood. I was I was going to college, and for the first time, I, I had learned about. Anti-Semitism and, and this kind of irrational hatred for Jewish people and for Israel uh, throughout history, I'd learned about it academically in school, but I had never, I had never seen it firsthand. And unfortunately, today on on most college campuses, uh, there is a problem with with anti-Semitism, which mm-hmm. sounds sounds really weird and kind of um, yeah, um, kind of hard to believe in, yeah. in these times. But like um, their but,
0: grandparents from like World War II and all that, they're probably passing away at this point. Okay, I have to jump in and clarify where I was going with this. So when Josh was talking about college students and I'm thinking about why are these college students anti-Semitic? Like, what? Total shock to me. And I was thinking, well, maybe it's because their parents' parents are passing away and not reminding them of the Holocaust and all the atrocities that happened to the Jewish people. Maybe? So that's what I was going with. Anyway, back to our conversation.
1: So, so I— I encountered anti-Semitism on these campuses, not coming mm. from from um, you know people who were alive during World War II, but people my own age, right. people who looked like me, thought right. like me, talked like me, and on all of that, and just started going like, what on earth mm. is going on? And mm. as, as a Christian, I was obviously grieved, and, and because my mom taught me about this subject, I was able to, um, you know, an alarm went off for me, and and um, something that I think a lot of a lot of moms would be interested to hear, because I know these days it's young people more, I think more than ever, are just bombarded with all these different messages that the world is throwing at them. Mm-hmm. And they're all sort of centered on attacking them, on attacking their faith, on attacking their identity. And one of the ways that I think the enemy uses to attack young Christians is to take an issue like Israel, which, which seems like kind of a side issue that's not really that important. Um, and take that and and confuse Christians on that issue, and then it turns what it really ends up doing is is confusing them on on their faith and on God, because we see so much of um, God's nature and the nature of His love through how He loves Israel throughout the Bible mm. and today. So if you can kind of you know throw a curveball on that subject, then you have a lot of young confused Christians walking around trying to figure out. Does God does? They're worried about does God love me? What is my identity? Um, you know, am I going to screw up? And is God's love preconditioned on my behavior and and all of that? And I saw a lot of young Christians sort of fall for that and just go through some real crises of of faith um, because of this confusion surrounding the Israel issue. They just didn't realize that it was. Um, it was something that was so directly related to their perception of how God loved them, mm-hmm. and uh, luckily, I, I I made it through that because because my mom taught me about Israel and taught me that it was important and and just going back to the Bible and reading it through that lens and and, and seeing God's love for Israel and the Jewish people and how that relates to today um, helped me keep my faith through through that whole environment.
0: Do you have specific memories of times with your mom when you were little? Just in case that mom listening is like, okay, okay, I need, I need, to, I need to make Israel important for my kids. But how do I do that? Um, you kind of mentioned going back to the Bible, but do you remember specific times or ways you, you mentioned? Kind of in your devotions, what did that look like in your family growing up?
1: Sure. So uh, Psalm one twenty two comes to mind first and foremost, and that's pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. Um, and then it goes on and it says for the sake of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek your prosperity. So it's, it's, she, she took that and she taught us to pray for Jerusalem. And then she showed how that's connected to God. It's, it's something that, um, you know, God, it's God's name and and God's character that is connected with that. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, and it's, it's just all over in the Psalms, God's, God's love for Israel. And then sometimes God's frustration with Israel and Mm -hmm. then how, um, how he he ultimately comes back, you know, to, Mm -hmm. he shows mercy to them over and over again. So he loves them and then he's, he's, disappointed in them for some reason and then he shows his character by showing mercy to them and mm. and again isn't that just like as, as Christians today isn't, isn't that just like our, our walk with God mm. and um, so the, the Psalms um, I would say and also also Romans chapter 11 um, Paul is very specifically talking to to new Christians who are wrestling with this exact issue. How do I, how do I as a Christian relate to Israel and the the Jewish people, especially since we have this, this huge difference now that Christians accepted Jesus as the Messiah and, and Mm. uh, the the Jewish people for the most part did not. And so how a lot of the early Christians were sort of saying, okay, well, God has now rejected them and they're not a part of his plan anymore. And we are, Mm. and Paul says, absolutely not. The first line of Romans 11, he says in the strongest terms possible, absolutely not. God has not rejected Israel and the Jewish people. And then he goes on to explain how they're still a part of his plan. So I for yeah. for moms and for their children, I would say, get your kids excited that you're part of, you get to be part of God's story. And you're this. grafted in, right? Mm-hmm. The, tr- the exactly. original
0: covenant's there and we get grafted in
1: to exactly. it. Exactly.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because when I, I went to a class at our church, we have a lot of awesome DTS people, Dallas Theological Seminary people that mm-hmm. then teach Sunday school classes. And one guy who's actually now in like New York working with Friends of Israel on their radio show or something. So he's amazing. He taught an end times class. And I thought, oh, this will be good to hear about like uh, all of the horrible things that are going to happen to us in the end times. It's going to be really <laughs> awesome. But he started with Abraham. And he started with the covenant and he focused in on a land, the people and a blessing. And I'd never, I'd been in the church my entire life and no one had narrowed down the whole of God's relationship with Israel to that, to why the end times matter is God made a covenant that he would fulfill, not relying on anything done by us to provide, to provide a land, the promised land, Israel, holy land. A people, Israelites, and a blessing, which is Jesus. And, you know, that's for all the world. And, uh, to think through it changes. Why did God not fully give up on these people? Like, <laughs> and, and the, he also pointed out there were the Amorites and the Hittites. We don't hear about <laughs> the Amorites, you know, and their customs and their feasts. You know, that's, that people group has gone away versus the Israelites has stayed. He has truly continued to bless. The fact that they're still around and they're people and they have traditions and rituals that we still talk about is amazing. Mm-hmm. They were such a small amount of them to start.
1: It is. It, it could only be described as a miracle, right? Yeah. It, yeah. It, it reminds me of Psalm 126. It's It says the Lord will return his people to Zion, which mm-hmm. is Israel, and the, the nations will look and say, look at what the Lord has done for them. Mm. I mean, so, so they're living proof of, of God's faithfulness and that God keeps his promises even right. even when we
0: screw up. So that goes back to your whole point of the college student who's getting these messages um, mainly related to like the whole Palestinian conflicts and the, the borders and and the land issue, right, and peace right. Um, issue, uh, conflicts, constant conflicts, which I'm like, well, that's biblical, I'm thinking. I don't know that that's unexpected, that there would be conflict around Israel. But uh, they're, they're told that America is bad for backing Israel, and they're confused, and then they question God's faithfulness. I can see how it is. It is related. Um, mm-hmm. But I love the Israel Collective message. Your message isn't anti the surrounding countries. Exactly. That's not your goal. Yeah. That's not mm-hmm. your goal. Talk a little bit about Israel Collective and what your your mission is with this initiative.
1: Sure. So one of the first things we we mentioned is that uh there there are other messages out there that sort of ask you to choose a side like it's some kind of football game or something mm-hmm. but what we one of our first things we we make clear to everybody is that you don't have to choose between Israelis and Palestinians or Israelis and anybody else in the Middle East and what's good for them is good for everyone else. And and by the way, they also have the, the same people that are attacking the Israelis are attacking the Palestinians, and, and that is uh, the, the terror organizations like Hamas and and Hezbollah and and all of those. And they're attacking Israel, and it's it's no coincidence that, that they are, because I, I believe that it is a spiritual route to, the, to this conflict. Yeah. And the, I don't think it's a coincidence that the, the, the nation that's been attacked and, and persecuted and so on for, for thousands of years— um, also happens to be the same nation that, that, that God shows. Um, it's such a, a, a tiny <laughs> piece
0: of the whole world. It is right. such, I was looking up cause I'm like looking up where we're going to go and I'm looking on a map cause I'm terrible at geography and, and I keep zooming out. I'm like, it is so tiny. It is mm-hmm. so talked about, so important in our news and, and all of the things. And it's such a tiny little piece of land, Right. but you right. said God chose it and God chose the people and he put his son there. So it matters. It matters. It definitely
1: matters, and that's why a lot of the rest of the world is is pointing at it mm. and at- attacking it. And it, what it really is is just trying to erode God's good name and God's mm. promises. Mm. And um, one thing that's really close to my heart is is the Palestinian issue and the the suffering of the Palestinian people. Right. Um, and I believe that the blame for that is uh, firmly at the feet of the, the terror organizations that have used. Um, Palestinian areas as, as a base to attack Israel mm. and also the the international community which doesn't seem to have found the moral clarity to to condemn the terror organizations mm. um, and even even the Ban ki moon said that there was a there's a huge problem with with bias against Israel in the United Nations and and so um, mm. I think the the blame really, really does lie at the feet of the terror organizations and the international community, which just hasn't found the courage to kind of speak up and, and say the truth because it's kind of politically incorrect. Mm. But but there are so many Palestinians who agree with everything we're saying right now. And they've, they have been silenced because people in their own government and their, um, and in their own communities have silenced anyone who says something as simple as I believe Israel has a right to exist. And I want to be a peaceful neighbor with Israel. And, and on our trips, we actually meet with, with several of them. We actually meet with as many Palestinians as we do Israelis. And, and they'll, they'll tell you, um, in private, that this is this is the way it is, and this is what they believe in, and um, that as Palestinians, they, they love and support Israel as well, and there's no conflict with, with their mm-hmm. own well-being.
0: I think when we get to know people, right, that's the point. Face-to-face mm-hmm. time with Israelis, face-to-face time with Palestinians, we're like, they just want to live their lives. They want to yep. have their kids go to school, they want to be able to have a job, they want to be with their family, they want to have celebration, and all of the suffering and the terrorism is not their desire. No one would, no one's choosing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like you said, they're being used by the politicians and by, um, the international communities to, to cause, to increase the conflict. Um, man. Okay. So the mom's sitting at home. She's going to watch us go. And I wish I could take everyone, but I don't think y'all invited everyone, <laughs> all my friends, uh, to come with me. When When we land, we're going to go to Caesarea. We're going to go to, I don't even know. We're going to go to the Mount of Beatitudes <laughs> and Capernaum and, I mean, all along the West Coast. <laughs> the right. Um, and of all the places we're going to go to Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, of all the places we're going to go, what's your absolute favorite place?
1: My favorite place, there man, there are so many and there's so many different experiences, but but as a as a place, as a location to visit, I, number one for me is the, the Sea of Galilee. You just feel so close to to Jesus there, and you can you can stand there and you can say, Wow, this is where this is where he calmed the storm. This is where um this is where he called his disciples, this is where he did so much of his ministry, was right here. This is where where the Sermon on the Mount happened. Um you're looking at the same hills. You're 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 feeling the same sensations and the same smells and the same plants and trees and so on that are around. Is it's just so it feels so easy to kind of step into his shoes there and see the world mm. through his eyes. And um, there's I, I I never would have guessed this before my first visit to Israel, but there's something that happens you you understand Jesus more just by being there somehow just by kind of mm-hmm. having that experience and when you go back home and read the scriptures you you're able to 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 remember what it was like there and kind of put it on this this physical map and oh it would have taken this long to walk from here to here let's say
0: yeah
1: and um, there's just, something just comes alive and the Bible just kind of turns into 3d when you've been there
0: and I've heard the sea of Galilee it's not very big Just like everything we're saying is tiny. It's not very big, but then you're like, well then how are there waves? Can you explain that for the moment?
1: Sure. Sure, absolutely. So uh, our tour guide will make a joke. Oh, I hope I'm not ruining it, but it's it's technically. I can hear twice I'll laugh. (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's really a lake, but it's but we call it the Sea of Galilee, and it's it's pretty big for a lake, but but right, not on like the sea. It's on the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. it's okay. a really big lake, and it can get very windy and very stormy there, so you can definitely get some waves and some big gusts of wind and so on so uh you'll be able to imagine you know what that what that would have been like, but probably when we're there, it'll be um It'll be nice and nice and calm. And You're going to promise me calm water. I do not
0: do well in waves. I'll tell you. There's a All lot right. of stories I could tell you of, of tortured times on a boat in waves. But <laughs> the but they also, you know, they had different boats back then and it would probably be even scarier. I mean, we're not talking mm-hmm. about giant fishing boats. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so Sea of Galilee. And I'm also imagining it's going to be a little more natural because I've heard some of the holy sites have are not as holy feeling as you imagine them to be.
1: Sure. You know what's what's funny is a lot of times uh God will show up when you're when you're standing in line for lunch or something like that. You may have visited this <laughs> this huge beautiful church and you're like, "Well, that's nice." Yeah. Um but you don't necessarily feel some kind of big moment, but then God'll just show up in in some crazy place and uh it's one of my favorite things about the trip is it's so different for everybody and mm-hmm. I loved hearing your story about um you know, some of the things you've been experiencing leading up to this trip and the, and the timing and so on. Um, mm. Everyone always has at least one reason they're on this trip, other other than whatever the Israel Collective um, mission is. There's always some other personal reason that God has them there. And it's just mm. so cool to see whenever whenever he chooses to, to hit them with the Holy Spirit on the mm. trip. Uh, it's one of my favorite things.
0: We're going to go to the Wailing Wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just the Wailing Wall, but... Um... What am I saying? What's the place? The Temple Mount? The Temple Mount. Yes. Like it's, it's a it's a holy land for a lot of people. Right.
1: right. So it's, it originally um, was the Temple Mount, obviously where, where Solomon's temple was and and so on. And then um, after the Jewish revolt, the the Roman empire destroyed Mm -hmm. the Jewish temple there. And Mm -hmm. so it was, but the, the retaining walls We're still there, so so the um, the Wailing Wall or the Western Wall is actually just what it sounds like. The it's the Western Wall of the temple compound. So it's like this huge rectangular shaped elevated platform Mm. that the temple would have been on, and um, the Western Wall is is part of what remains of that original platform, Mm. which we'll see. And so, what's the Romans destroyed it, and then um, several hundred years later, Islam. Uh, took over the area, and then they built their own shrine on the on the Temple Mount. So it's it's a holy site for for Jews, Christians, and Muslims now. And um, currently on the Temple Mount is the, um, the the Dome of the Rock, which is one of the holiest sites in Islam. And then uh, for Judaism, the, the Western Wall has become the most the most holy site for for them.
0: And so, for as a Christian, as a Christian, how would we approach it? Like, what is the significance for us? in that place for the mom listening, sure. for the mom listening.
1: Absolutely. Well, it's, it's exactly, it's the same platform that Solomon's temple was on. So this is, this is where Jesus would have been, um, talking with the, with the Pharisees and talking with the other Jewish scholars and, and leaders and, and so on. This is where he, he, this is the vicinity where he performed, um, Certain miracles and healings, the, the southern steps that lead up to the Temple Mount are are still there today, and these are this is a place where he would have likely walked up to the temple,
0: hmm.
1: singing singing a psalm, a, a song of ascents, um, while going into the temple. It's also where he would have um, chased the money changers away. Um, so so many things happened happened right there, and it's where ultimately when when he was crucified for our sins. It's where, it's where the the veil was torn in the Holy of Holies. And, and, Mm. um, so this is the place where, where God's presence literally was. Mm. And, um, it's also the place from which it, it, you know, went out into the world after, um, the crucifixion. Mm. So it's, it's extremely important.
0: My son this morning, I was talking to him about my trip. He was asking me if I was going to Israel today. And I was like, no, I'm not going to go to (laughs) today. I will make sure to let you know when I'm going to leave. But he's my seven-year-old, and he said, well, are you going to see where Jesus died? Mm -hmm. So am I going to see where Jesus died?
1: (laughs) it, we'll, we'll be close. So there are a couple of places that, that um, commemorate that, but nobody, nobody knows for sure exactly where where that happened.
0: Mm-hmm. Which
1: I think is kind of cool because that's kind of like God's way of preventing us from like fighting over, you know, worshiping that the exact spot, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's not where He wants us to stay. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so often, even as moms, we can throw on the mom guilt or the shame. And and someone I heard someone told me once, you know, Jesus already died on the cross for that. You don't need to crucify yourself <laughs> again. Like that's done. And like, let's forget that. Let's focus on the resurrecting he's doing and the restoring yep. he's doing. So we are going to see that we're going to see the mm-hmm. garden tomb. Right. So what does that look like? Is it as, I don't know. I picture it just glowing and angels on either side. And I'm thinking it's not. <laughs> I'm thinking right. and probably uh, different religions have taken it over too. <laughs> like <laughs> No? Right.
1: Uh, if, if we're um, if we're talking about the Garden Tomb. It's it is a first century tomb, so you can. You're right. It's not, but you can, you can stand there and you can kind of imagine okay. <laughs> if it was. Because I can have is...
0: like use my really good imagination. That's right. Cool. <laughs> okay, okay.
1: Absolutely. It's like just enough to where, where you can get a sense of what it, what it would have been like, okay. what it would have been like to, to put his body there and the, and the grief and the, you know, what the setting would have looked like. And then also, um, the just the awe and the wonder of what it would be like to show up there. And um, you know, have him not be there anymore hmm. and maybe have an angel there to tell you, you know, he's risen. Yeah, uh, You can, you can imagine it all. And it's, it's not the exact tomb to my, to anyone's knowledge, but it's, but it is a first century tomb that's pretty much just like mm-hmm. what it would have looked like. So it's, it's a really, it's just a wonderful experience. And to, and to see all the people from all over the world that come there to visit that site, you, hmm. you'll, you'll see groups from Africa singing and then like a group from China will come by and they're singing. And then, mm. you know, a group of Americans go by and we're, we're kind of singing really quietly because we're so shy. And, and you just...
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, let, mm-hmm. I, I need a heaven kind of church. Can we just create a heaven right. church where every, every tribe, every nation, every tongue is represented and we can all just let it go. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That, that's really cool to imagine. Mm-hmm. You're right. Oh, wow. That gets me more excited. If I couldn't be more excited, um, <laughs> <laughs> very, very cool. Okay, any other hot places we should talk about? Gethsemane, Mount of Olives. Let's talk about that. That gets
1: me sure. more excited. That's a that's another one of my favorite places as well. And so much of what what Jesus did on. Unfolded there. So if you're maybe if you if you're teaching your kids about this, it's 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 so cool to be able to put things in context and kind of explain what it what it looked like and what was going on around. So the Mount of Olives is such a a dramatic, beautiful uh, setting for for when Jesus is before he he knows he's going to be crucified, and and yet he's on the Mount of Olives and and he's praying and he's weeping and and when you're there, you can it's like right next there's like a valley and then and then the mount of olives right next to the temple mount so you're sitting on the mount of olives and you're looking at the temple mount so it's like mm. this perfect perfect view of of Jerusalem in front of you mm. and um so that's where Jesus was like Jerusalem was right next to him you can see it you can hear it and you're looking right at it and um it's just it's just, you know maybe a 15 20 minute walk into the city from there and he, but he's in this beautiful Little, or we imagine it beautiful. This little olive grove. All olive groves are beautiful. You'll see. Okay. <laughs> and, um, and and there he is. And again, like talking about the the being being grafted in as Christians to mm. to God's olive tree, if you will. Um, I I think it's really cool that that God chose an olive grove to. To be the setting for when Jesus says, not my will, but yours be done. Mm. And from that moment, world history sort of shifts on that decision and he he goes forward and, and then the the Romans show up and, and, and take him away. Uh, but it all happens right on the Mount of Olives. And, and again, yeah. you, you just stand there and you see it and you kind of feel like, wow, Jesus was really going through some serious stuff for me. And now here I am here, along mm. with along with a bunch of other people from all over the (laughs) world that would have been totally lost, you know, otherwise.
0: It's powerful. And you think about any time you're in this place and you're looking forward at what looks impossible, uh, something you don't really want, but you feel God calling you to, to, Um, it could be for some moms, you know, the next, the toddler years are coming up and you're like, I can't Mm -hmm. do that. Um, or (laughs) college or junior high or teenage years or you, or your husband and job loss, whatever's ahead of you. And you're thinking, I can't walk into that God. And it's right in front of you. Just like you said, God, Jesus was looking at Jerusalem, knowing that's where he would be condemned to death. And, and yet he can surrender his will that moment of surrender that all of us are called to daily, but we struggle. We want our kingdom and our plan and and ease and a comfort that God never intended for us. But the comfort comes from knowing Jesus didn't, you know, he he walked into it knowing God had a grander purpose and we can walk into whatever hard thing is knowing God has a bigger purpose than that moment. Um, it's a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> That is a really cool image. I cannot... Wait, this is so exciting! Oh, this is so exciting. And going into Easter, right? So, moms, as you're listening to this and you're hearing us talk about these different places and a part of Jesus' journey, what a great time to be talking to your kids, if you never have, about uh, the story of Jesus, you know, first his three years and and then the Holy Week and going from his... uh, the Palm Sunday moment, which we call it Palm Sunday, but um, entering into Jerusalem and on a donkey and all the way through that week. um, You can share that with your kids and I've posted online and on Facebook all different sorts of resources that are age appropriate. I honestly think you can talk to your kids about this stuff at any age. They absorb it at the level that they're ready for. But this is exciting. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Josh, so much for kind of sharing a little bit about your own story with your mom and how she put a bug in your ear about Israel and and led you in that direction and how you continue to be passionate about it and and wanting wanting others to know. So cool so
1: cool. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Heather. And, and just a little shout out to my mom, Sheila. Thank you. (laughs) Thank
0: you, Sheila. For
1: being such an awesome mom. And thank you to all the moms who are listening as well. You guys are the most important people in the world and in your kids' lives. And thank you for, for, for teaching your kids about God. And, um, it's just so important. And it's a pleasure to be on.
0: Very cool. And, um, I also, okay, wait, one last thing. I'm really excited about the Shabbat dinner with the Israeli families.
1: Good. (laughs) It's going to be such a blast. This family is so fun. And uh, the Jewish people really know how to party down on on Shabbat. Every week they have a holiday and they just celebrate God's goodness to them. And you're going to have so much fun.
0: I have a friend who went to Israel and she just fell in love with the idea of feasts and Mm -hmm. Shabbat. And so she like does the quarterly feasts or whatever they are, the Feast of the Tabernacles. She invites us over and there's like eight of us that sit around the table and it's just so uh, it's, I just, I want more of it in my life. Uh-huh. It, being together with people and food, and God knew what he was doing. Like that, it feeds your mm-hmm. soul. It's more than just food. It's, it's really, really good. And if y'all have never studied Shabbat or Sabbath, um, the actual dinner, uh, you need to. Like, it's so cool. Every little piece of the dinner has, um, significance, Old Testament significance that then translates to New Testament significance and, um, what do they call it? A Seder dinner? So, talking about a Seder dinner? Is that different from Shabbat?
1: Uh, no, Shabbat is a Seder and okay. then they have like a Passover Seder yeah, yeah, and a few okay. different ones. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Okay. I'm, I remember doing one growing up when I was maybe elementary age. My parents hosted one and things like, you know, kids hide things and there's a spot mm-hmm. There's a one seat where no one sits. That's for, remind me who that's for. For Elijah. Elijah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it's like so cool. Everything has meaning and I do mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's it's great. And it's such a good way to teach kids too, because you, you're using these physical objects and this sort of order that you're going through with this meal to, to teach them about God and God's character. And so his
0: faithfulness to the Israelites mm-hmm. over the years. And then they don't even know that the Israelites didn't know at the time how Jesus would fulfill so many of them parts of the dinner. Anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Super cool. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm officially done, Josh, geeking out over our trip. And um just again, thank you so much for being on. Thank uh just Israel Collective for all they're doing to raise awareness for Israel and yeah, for what you're doing. This is gonna be fun. It's gonna be a blast. Thank you, Heather. All right. Well I'll see you soon. Okay. okay. See you soon. Bye. Okay, y'all, if you're listening to this after March 21st, which remember is my birthday, 40th birthday, crazy, crazy. And how God orchestrated all of this. But you can follow along over at Instagram at God Centered Mom. Find me there and, you know, hug. Uh, God has also had me on a journey of studying Hebrew words, so I'm hoping I get some time one-on-one with like a rabbi or something so I can really learn about these words. One of the words is Shema, which he showed me last summer. It's when Samuel says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. It's speak, Lord, your servant is Shema. And also um, Solomon asked for a Shema heart. We call it wisdom, but it's a listening Center and that word is Leb, and or Leb, and then another word he has me focused on is Derek, which is journey. And he says, "My uh, or ways, my ways are higher than your ways. My derrick is higher than your Derek." On this pilgrimage to the holy land, my prayer is that my Leb would Shema on this derrick. that I would hear what God wants me to hear and learn what He wants me to learn. And thank you all for listening to this show, for tagging me, letting me know where you're listening, letting me know what God's teaching you. We are each on our own Derek journey way, and my hope is that it's closely in line following God's Derek and that you are listening and hearing from him and your soul center is shifted towards his Holy Spirit and hearing exactly from him. So that you can be the woman God crafted you to be to glorify him and love others well. Okay, I'm off. to Israel. Talk to you soon. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.